it's back welcome back episode 10 of icebreaker can't believe we're already at episode 10 and i can't believe sports are back mlb nhl nba pga tour ufc it was all uh all on television this weekend and saturday was pretty hectic let me tell you but before we get into that episode 10 is presented by royal page dynamic real estate 1450 Cordon avenue in winnipeg Check them out for all your home buying and selling needs. That's royallepage.ca. And once again, we're joined by AJ Light, another cool guy hat on today. How's it going? I'm doing okay. Can you see it okay? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. How you doing, Mac? I'm good. I uh, can't tell you how nice it was to sit down on my couch on Saturday and be able to watch the PGA Tour, the NHL, the MLB, the NBA. The NBA as well, yeah. It was... <laughs> So crazy. I didn't know what to do with myself. There was way too many sports to watch. Just it, it happened so fast. There was nothing. And then there was everything. And I wanted to get it all in, but I just, there's not enough time in the day. Don't you wish that we had this at the beginning of quarantine? Yeah. Like right at the start when we were just going nuts and then we had nothing, this would have been great. That's okay. But, it's, it's fun to have it all back. But if it was at the beginning of quarantine, then I wouldn't have got to binge watch all these Netflix shows and all these other shows that people have been talking about. And I got to cruise through them. So in a, in a way it was great. Didn't have the option to watch sports. So I just crushed TV like nobody's business. And now just, it all happened so fast. What's your number one binge watch? What's uh, what got you this quarantine? Full house. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not even laughing. You know what got me? We're, we're watching all 18 seasons of Hell's Kitchen. Oh, wow. It's amazing. You know what? I shouldn't say that. Early quarantine, my brother and I watched all 11 seasons of Shark Tank within like two weeks. And I yeah, like to think I got a little bit smarter. <laughs> there is weird stuff on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So you, what's happening? You been uh, golfing? I have been. I have to go back to work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, first of all, happy for you. Thank getting you back out much. there. Thank you very much. Look Tomorrow, forward to, look forward to hearing you back on the uh, the airwaves for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't get to golf three times a week. Yeah, that's upsetting. True. It's upsetting, but that's okay. Shout out to Kingswood Golf Club, by the way, because they've got a beauty course out there. Uh, Justin can Thomas, can I throw in sponsors just randomly? You can just do whatever you'd like. I'm the co-host. Yeah. Justin Thomas won his third event of the year, becoming the first player on tour to win three events this season. So, I mean, we used to talk about golf all the time, but now that there's so much, um, I didn't even get to watch the tournament this weekend. I was too preoccupied. I just read about it right before we got on here, actually. Uh, is anybody going to catch him? Like, is anybody touching him right now in his golf game? Well, I think he, he is definitely at the top right now, but that's what's cool about the FedEx Cup is it's kind of like a playoff tournament within golf. And, you know, you can win the FedEx Cup but you can lose the tournament type thing. You can win the tournament and lose the FedEx Cup. So cool that way. But, I mean, I didn't even get to watch. Didn't get to check out the UFC this week, and I was all UFC for the longest time. But um, MLB, NBA, and NHL are back. And in the NBA, I mean, the Raptors show up and dismantle the Lakers against what the media said. You know, they just went out there and – they're, they're defending their title, which is crazy because they lost Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, right? Just to name a yeah. few, a couple of big yeah. players, but the show must go on. And they're kind of like the epitome of just like playing defensive basketball and getting the job done. 
depth, man. If you play your best players to the best of their abilities, you're going to do all right. Raptors are good this year. Nobody, nobody wanted them to be, but look at them. And LeBron had some high praise for them too. I mean, Nick Nurse has done a phenomenal job with that team, I think. And they're fun to watch, even though they play defensive basketball. They're still fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, the NBA, I was going to ask what you wanted to talk about first. The NBA, I think, is doing it the best. I love watching basketball nowadays almost more than, than hockey coming back. Do you see the virtual fans? Yeah. Yeah. You... This is the kind of stuff that I'm loving. I know. They, they are doing a great job. I was watching the New Orleans game with Zion Williamson. And yeah. they were getting blown out. And the virtual fans were leaving. <laughs> there was empty seats. The virtual fans were leaving. It was unbelievable. Oh, man. I'm happy that they started doing that. I know you want to talk about baseball later, but I think baseball's doing it the best with the fake cardboard fans. Yeah, but baseball is also not doing it the best. We'll get there. <laughs> not in a bubble. No, you brought it up. We're going right to it. Okay, let's go right to it. Baseball. And I love baseball. I really love watching baseball. But I just don't know how they can proceed like this with so many players testing positive and not play in a bubble and try to continue traveling. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Where do you think they would put a bubble that could fit Major League Baseball? Well, I don't know. I'm not pretending to have the answers, but I know the the governor of New York came out and said, play here, we got two stadiums. But that, to me, still doesn't make that much sense, kind of in the thick of everything. But I don't know. You need, you don't... I'm going to throw this out there. Ready? Baseball Island. Okay. Damn. Put it out there. Get a, get a, just build a multiplex. You don't need stands. You no. just need fields. Just get out there. Buy your island, MLB. They could literally play. You're right, though. They don't need huge stadiums. They just need places with, what? what is it, 402 feet down the line? Like, that's all they need. How many of these complexes do you see here where they're made up of just angled baseball diamonds, you know? Just exactly. one after the other, after the other, after the other. Play all the games, all in one arena. Well, we baseball talk- Island, you heard it here first. Baseball Island, uh, MLB. <laughs> <laughs> call us if you need tips <laughs> at them and at them when you put this on twitter right. <laughs> um but the the toronto blue jays we talked about it, they did it the best they had everybody living literally inside the stadium and yeah. obviously not everybody can do that but no problems there but that's like the only way that it, that it works and they're showing that because now what do they say st louis tested positive yeah every team's gonna start to get it because it's rampant <laughs> where they're trying to play baseball. I don't I don't get how they um when did they want the Marlins back? Tuesday? Tuesday. Marlins and Phillies they want them back on Tuesday? Yeah. It's been been a week, guys. Well, I mean, and you just look at it in the NHL, they had zero positive tests, right? And yep. so far so good. And the NBA just reported zero positive tests because they're yep. all in a bubble. If you take the bubble seriously, no one's going in or out, no problem. Right, you can play the season. So I would watch sports year round in a bubble, COVID or no COVID. I love it. Yeah, I think I think it's been great. I think the NHL arena looks like the EA Sports NHL twenty or NHL threes. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's great. And we get to answer all those questions about crowd noise, goal horns, everything, because it started. So we could talk about that in a sec. But you're right, the arena looks fantastic. I think so. Although you just mentioned EA Sports, you think they could come up with a crowd 
I could go for like an old NHL 94 SNES crowd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, it could be there. I, uh, so we'll just get to the goal horns here quick. They do use the goal horns and they have every team's goal horn from their own arena, which is awesome. Yeah. And then their song, which is great. Do you, you, and you've played, do you get pumped when that song comes on? Is that, does it lift the bench? I don't know if it lifts the bench. Like, yeah, it does at the start because normally the players have a hand in choosing it. Um, it does yeah. at the start, but you know, as the season goes on, it's, it's just familiar. And that's what you do after a goal. You know what I mean? It just, it brings back all those routines, everything. Like it just, it's familiar for you. You're not at home, kind of make you feel like you're at home a little bit. So I don't know if it, if it pumps you up per se, but it does, you know, it helps with the rhythm of the game. 100% agree. Uh, Also crowd noise. They've been experimenting a little bit with the crowd noise, more so in the exhibition games. Mm -hmm. They're turning it up and down, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I could go either way on it, though. I mean, you know, like when basketball started and it had it just kind of, you just had the bounce of the ball, you know? Are they worried, do you think, that the players are saying too much on the ice? Well, the they're on a 10-second delay for sure just to, to take care of that. Yeah. So not a big deal. But in the NBA, they're the only sport that you really don't need the crowd noise because they do play music during play. Exactly. So it, maybe me, maybe the NHL could experiment with that. Yeah, I don't know about that, but like <laughs> to me in the NBA, it doesn't make a difference if it's bubble or not bubble because you hear the music over the crowd anyways, unless it's like a huge shot. Yeah, I don't know because at the same time, especially like when we're experiencing a game, there's no music while they're playing. But there's somebody banging a drum. Right. There's, there's murmur. There's, there's noise being made. So at that point, what's the difference between what noise is being made? Yeah, that's true. And Well, they're, they're putting in a little bit of noise. Would you prefer as a, as a viewer uh, to hear crowd noise or music playing while the hockey games play? Or nothing. Or nothing at all. I think for me, if they, I don't notice. I've only noticed the crowd noise because we talked about it. And there's notice, like there's no one there. But if you're just watching, it just sounds normal. They just put it in and you hear the murmur. You just yeah. hear that murmur of fair. what you get on TV. So to me, it, to me, it sounds fine. What do you think about the product so far? I thought, honestly, I thought the exhibition games were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as the pucks dropped in the qualifying rounds and the exhibition, it's been a little sloppy. <laughs> I, I don't know if everybody is just super, <laughs> super loose and free and just out there and, having fun in the exhibition game because it was great. I thought lots of the teams looked really good, and especially, like, some of the goalies looked great. And then the puck dropped, and obviously the physicality ramped up in the first games of the qualifiers and, and whatnot. But, I mean, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I still think it was, it was entertaining. And it, well, for sure, when you're having fun and you're playing loose, you're playing better. Yeah. And so the pressure of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs – is obviously everybody's rigid now. Everybody's stiff. Everybody's playing a win. I wish everybody would have taken an, uh, like an all-star game approach to this. <laughs> they would have just said, you know what? We're going to play out the season, but guys, let's have fun. Have and everybody fun. came out and played a tournament. The all-star, like the all-star game is one weekend. We played a tournament, played the whole playoffs. I think everybody would have had more fun. But at the same time, <laughs> we're about to see some playoff hockey, and uh, you wouldn't have seen that. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that (laughs) the games, like I watched today, the, the avalanche and the St. Louis blues was one, one, the Avs tied it up late in like in the third period, not too like late in the game, but they tied it up and then they scored. Nazem Kadri scored with 0.1 seconds left to win 2-1. And just right there got my blood boiling. I was like, well, we're back. Like this is, we're in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's bringing joy to a lot of people. A lot of people say, oh, I don't get why they're doing it. But it made a lot of people feel warm and fuzzy this weekend for sure. And just being able to scroll on social media and see goals and highlights of games you're not watching, like there's content again. I've been watching nonstop clips of WWE for the last three months on Twitter. So yeah, exactly. it's nice to have some, some variety. Exactly. And then obviously uh, the Jets are down 0-1 to Calgary. And we got a lot of Jets talk coming up here later in the show. Yeah. with our guest Murat Atesh from The Athletic. He covers the Jets for The Athletic here in Winnipeg. So uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But down 0-1, I'm, I'm not terribly worried. I mean, it's one game. I don't think the Jets were their best. And no, they, uh, they're pretty good at uh, responding here. And they've dealt with injuries all year. So I, I, I don't think it's, it's anything new for these guys to know that someone else has to step up. I'm not even one to speculate. I've lived a lot of years and seen a lot of playoff hockey and down one one game at the start of the series. Come on, they'll bounce back. Everybody's motivated. Hopefully, Line A gets back in the lineup. But, I mean, playoff hockey is a weird beast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird beast, and as much history as there is, it's hard to predict. So I, I expect a bit of bounce back here. You, They were talking about the home ice advantage and stuff on the commentary. I was like, you can't predict that. Yeah, they're the home team, but they're playing in the same arena every single game. Well, I guess everybody's the home team at that point. But I think at this state mentally, it just in the world, not even just in the hockey world, you're not playing any – it's not your home. No. <laughs> you might get used to the bubble, but – Yeah, and it's the, – the home ice advantage in the bubble is last change. Like, that is it. That's it. No crowd. Both teams get their goal horns. It's, it's, uh, I mean, there's no advantage. So if people are looking back on statistics and saying, well, you know, if you win game one, well, that doesn't even matter. It's a whole new scenario, circumstance. It's like an Olympic situation or a world championship situation. You're just playing series, uh, you know, it's seven games. Yeah. Or if you play like play one game, just win the next game and then win the next game. (laughs) See what happens, you know, like, but you're right. I'm, real fired up that it's back and we had you know we were chatting before the show of if we wanted to to do a draft with with sports or not but because it's a long weekend we decided we decided to draft uh our essentials for the long weekend and i'm gonna long like weekend and i'm putting very little effort into this this is a terrific draft <laughs> terrific yeah so who's going first i'll give you first pick again i wrote these down All right, my first pick for long weekend essentials, and I hope everybody had a bit of this this weekend, uh, is macaroni salad. I think it's underrated, and I think it should be served at every barbecue. Wow. Yeah. And and I could totally disagree with that. You don't like mac salad? Just because your name's Mac? Uh, Okay, we're going there. (laughs) (laughs) Just. I'll I'll still save you a bowl. I've never been a fan. My (laughs) first pick. 
for a long weekend essential is the bucket hat. It's a, oh. it's a must. Right on. You got to protect the neck from the sun. 100%. That's good. I wish I had thought of that. That's uh, uh no-brainer think, for me. I think my number two uh, is also very underrated, and I hope more people are using them nowadays. It's a portable Bluetooth speaker. Wow, great pick. Yeah, got to carry that around with you. I golf with a guy, uh, and he's got a both portable speaker. It bumps. Yeah. It bumps. Yeah. <laughs> so get yourself a good one. Invest in one. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off your speaker there because – depending on where you go on the long weekend, there's not a whole lot of service. So a pre-downloaded playlist on your phone is an essential. Someone in the party needs to have that. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, you're right. A, and don't waste your data. Exactly. Even if there is service. Come on. (laughs) Third and final pick, long weekend essential. I went outside of the box. Uh, This one is essential if you're camping which a lot of us do on the long weekends. And it is pancake mix wow. in a ketchup mo- bottle pre-mixed. Oh, so you can just squirt it out. Squirt it out. Don't bother mixing anything. Mix your pancake batter. Put it all into – here's a tip, by the way. Put it all into a bottle. Four-liter jug of milk works, ketchup yep. bottle with the squirt top. Do not fill it. <laughs> no. Because then it will expand. Yes. It will go everywhere. Uh, yeah, don't overfill it. Bring it and just squirt and go. Make some pancakes. It's an easy breakfast. My third and final pick is an essential wherever you go. Mm-hmm. If you show up somewhere and they don't have it, you're frustrated. People show up at your place and you don't have it, they're frustrated. Hand sanitizer. No. Oh. Bags of ice. Oh, buddy. <laughs> it's a must. And it's the most overlooked and so much that they made an episode of friends where they had a party and everybody had something to bring. And what did Phoebe bring? The ice. She had to bring the ice and she brought the ice. She brought the uh, ice. It's overlooked. You're right. And it's good for everything. Cool and stuff and drinking stuff. I don't need to over explain the ice bag. It's a great pick. It's the most versatile thing out there. You don't have any water left. Put it in a cup. Let the sun in it. Voila, water. It's fantastic. Anyways, I like that draft. I thought that was a great draft. That's terrific. So there's a good chance in the future these will not be sports related. We're just going <laughs> to yeah, we had, silly things. We had a little too much fun with that one. <laughs> and on behalf of AJ and myself, we'd like to wish everybody in Manitoba a happy Terry Fox Day tomorrow. And, uh, you know, everybody from listening around the world, uh, if you have a holiday tomorrow, enjoy it. Holiday Monday is always great in August. And for today's guest, uh, we have the athletic Winnipeg reporter, Marat Atesh, who covers the Winnipeg Jets. And of course, a timely guest as the Jets kicked off on the weekend uh, against Calgary and find themselves down one nothing. But, you know, I wouldn't read too much into that as, uh, you know, game one uh, can go either way. And it's uh, all about how you respond. So looking forward to that. And without further ado, please be joined by Marat Atesh from The Athletic, who covers the Jets. Marat, how's it going? Oh, good morning. How are you, Mac? I'm doing good. Uh, stayed up a little later last night than uh, usual to watch the Jets. I got to say, I, I missed hockey in a big way so much that writing until 3 in the morning didn't even bug me at all last night. I was ready for it. 
yeah, I guess you could plan for it. You had a, a few weeks to know that it was going to be a 9.30 start and ready to go. But like you said, like just these past couple of days, being able to turn on the TV and watch hockey has been amazing. I, I want to call it normal. It doesn't feel normal. It feels strange, but in a good way. It's a crazy tournament. The structure is wild. So many games every day. Saturday is going to be nuts. Winnipeg, Calgary is the closer to what's going to be a wild one. Like this is this is this is kid in a candy shop stuff. I think it's March Madness, but the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like you turn on the TV at noon and you got hockey. Guess we'll jump right into it here. Jets versus Flames. What do you think? You know, I think it's tempting to say that Winnipeg's forwards are better and Calgary's defense is better and goaltending will be the difference. And I'm, I'm close to that. I, I don't think it's as simple as that, but I do think that first and foremost, Connor Hellebuck is the, is the most impactful player in this series. You already saw it in the exhibition game. You saw it all season long. He's a Vezina front runner for a reason. Nobody stopped more shots. Nobody stopped more shot quality. Hellebuck is dialed in. And I don't think that David Riddick or Cam Talbot can be the answer unless they catch fire in just a unique way that, that they haven't really done for consistent stretches this season. Other than that, I like the way that Winnipeg's forwards are starting to match up uh, against, especially a team like Calgary, who depends so much on their top six. You have Gaudreau on one line, Kachuk on another, and they're going to be a handful. Um, and I know my colleague Scott Cruikshank out in Calgary says, watch out for Sam Bennett on line three, so I got to include that. You really do. I really think that Winnipeg's bottom six is so tight and so strong right now that the forward matchup should be there. And then what you're looking for is more defense from the Jets to sort of activate. As they were kind of starting to do against Vancouver, there was some offense there. And I think, I think at five on five, you're going to see things run pretty close. And then to go back to the beginning, it's got to be Connor Hellebuck. So I've got, the, I've got the Jets in four or five for this series. And like you said, in the exhibition game, it looked like Kelly's been playing hockey the whole break and nobody else was. Early on, right? I mean, Neil Pionk, he had a great season, but his first shift of the exhibition game was a little bit rough. Yeah, there was a breakout pass. Winnipeg had time. They were looking to set up the breakout. It looked like they were going for a stretch. There was a giveaway there. Then Elias Pettersson made just a brilliant play in terms of picking off a Pionk reverse along the board. Same shift. Both of those led to quality chances. Connor Hellebuck was tested early. He answered. He passed. And Winnipeg was set was able to get out of the first period with that one nothing lead. I think it's, I mean, such a great sign. Connor Hellebuck, Winnipeg may need to depend on him. And honestly, if they go deep at all, I think Connor Hellebuck will be a huge reason. So any signs of rust didn't find him. It looked great last night. Yeah, no, uh, exactly. Can we read too much into the game last night or is it just a, a one-off? too much into the score or necessarily even a lot of the scoring plays but I think I see some clues about how Winnipeg's going to want to play against Calgary um, early on in the season especially when the Jets defense was hurt was ailing a lot of guys who were in the lineup had bruises there were a lot of guys out of the lineup the Dustin Bufflin question hung over the Jets as well um, you saw Winnipeg and Paul Maurice focus on protecting the Jets own blue line and that often meant a little bit less aggression on the forecheck, a little bit less aggression in terms of a defenseman pinching with back pressure. And I mean, Dmitry Kulikov's pinch with Adam Lowry's back pressure against Vancouver, that's classic Jets. That's 2018-19 Jets and even before that. And you didn't see it quite as aggressively 
throughout the season because of personnel issues. And Paul Maurice has conceded the personnel issues drove a little bit of that passiveness, we'll say. Um, and I think that against Vancouver, you saw some signs that, okay, Winnipeg's going to jump up into the play with its defensemen. And it didn't always go perfectly smoothly, let's be clear, but it was a decided shift. I think Paul Maurice, uh, I asked the question after the game, he said that he liked it in the second period quite a lot. First period wasn't so strong. Winnipeg's going to be pushing the play a little bit more aggressively. So that's, that's a clue. And I sincerely think that that's the more aggressive Winnipeg can get and the tighter of a, of a five-man unit it can play where defensemen are pinching, forwards are covering, or forwards are always doing their back pressure like religiously. Uh, I think that's the best version of the Winnipeg Jets. And it was a step in the right direction to see that speed. So I like that. And I think it's going to be right there against Calgary as well. Yeah, and you brought up the 2018 Jets, and obviously they had a good run, and largely due to Connor Hellebuck in the pipes, which is probably going to have to be the same thing this year. But, I mean, last night, I know the, the announcers were saying that the Jets didn't do a whole lot of scrimmaging during training camp. but And, and after the first period, they, they kind of clicked right in there. But I saw a lot of things similar to that 2018 team. Like the forecheck was guys were on the puck real quick. When the top line, top two lines turned the puck over, um, Vancouver couldn't get out of their own end. I, I think that that's the version of the, of the Winnipeg Jets you like. You saw, yeah, just like you say, you know, there, there were two Jets forwards pressuring below the hash marks, uh, which is something that you didn't always see. It was a kind of a passive one-two-two or then a wing lock where a, a winger would fly back and help, uh, help the Jets spread three men wide on their own blue line. And they were still, here's the thing, this Winnipeg Jets team, I think, are trying to do both. The up-ice pressure, just like you're saying, where there is some aggression in the offensive zone. And then when there's a turnover, going back just as hard as they did all season as well. So ideally, that means they generate more turnovers. They, they hem teams in their own zone, uh, just like on the, on the Kulikov goal would be a really good example. Um, but also... Winnipeg did a good job of getting back to its own blue line and reducing these rush chances against this season. If, if Winnipeg can do both of those, that, that's a great look. I, I'm not sure that without just some of the, the high-powered offensive talent on the blue line, like a Bufflin or a Truba or a Myers, et cetera, that they'll quite get up to that level. But as a system for these Jets, it looks great. And I think it's the best version that you can see. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of excited. I will concede the one thing I want to say about that where there were moments, there were moments where it looked a little bit difficult. So before Pullman's goal, there was a shift where he got caught up and there was a two on one the other way. There was a situation where Vancouver lobbed over Dylan DeMello's head at one point, created two on one. So those, that sort of clean rush chance against record that Winnipeg was able to keep during most of the season. Well, I think the pace of getting the legs under them for, an, for a proper competitive game for the first time in months it led to a couple of a couple of errors, and um, you, you'd understand it, you'd forgive it, uh, but it's going to be sudden death elimination as soon as Saturday. So uh, that'll be a fun sort of storyline to watch. Yeah, well, that's why they play. Uh, they pay thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, earning his keep in a big way. Exactly. So after watching the exhibition game, who are you most excited about? I liked seeing Nick Ehlers score. Uh, I like, we were talking just before we recorded, you pointed out the Cody Eakin touch pass to Patrick Laine. Uh, it was a stretch pass from Josh Morrissey. That was just, it was a nice, nice play by design. Laine shoots off the pad on purpose. Ehlers is there right in the slot to clean things up. 
And I know, I know it's just for pride. I know that it was just an exhibition game, but he's a good, impactful player who Winnipeg will depend on. Um, over the last three years, nobody has scored more goals per minute at five-on-five -on, -five on the Winnipeg Jets than Nick Ehlers has. And that counts Shifley Connor line. It counts the big guns. But we all know that until he scores in the playoffs, there will be questions. And I see, uh, I see an energized Nick Ehlers. I see a guy that's been playing competitively along the walls even for most of the season. There have been stretches where he has just excelled. And to, to have that to have that look on the second line, which is a little bit of an unknown, it's still a relatively new combination of players, that is something I'm excited to see. Um, and, and I hope for his sake that he continues that, that momentum right into when the games count. And then without so many words, I'll also add Jack Rosovic looked like he was fine last night as well. I find it very, you know, mind-blowing that Nick Ehlers has never scored a goal in the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't have known that unless I hear about it in the media because, like, he is impactful in a ton of different ways. But the goal drought is hanging over top of him. You know, I, I think the common example I get when people criticize his playoff performance is his series against Nashville, uh, or that run, pardon me, the 2018 playoff run. And you can watch it and you can see moments where, okay, the physicality is a little bit much. But you also see... Paul Stastny turned the tide in a lot of ways against the Nashville Predators. That was a massive series for him. And I know Mark Scheifele was on fire as well. You can't forget about his contributions. Yeah. Winnipeg got a lot of offense out of that Stastny line, a Ehlers line. And even when it was a secondary assist or no point on the play, you could often rewind a Jets goal by about 15, 20 seconds. And you'd watch Nick Ehlers fly through the neutral zone and generate the possession and the offensive zone time that led to the goal. So no, he wasn't sniping. No, he wasn't running people over. But that contribution that he makes was still there in a way. And I think he's a, he was a better player last year, and he's an even better player this year. I'd, I'd call this almost a breakout season for him in a lot of ways. And to, to be able to combine both of those elements, the fact that we know he's a zone entry machine with that competitive fire and with just a little bit more maybe understanding of, of the physicality, I I think that that shocking zero is 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 due to to, to be erased, and, I, and I'd like to see that soon. Yeah, and I would agree. A um, little bit of an interesting one here for you. Obviously, the sports world has changed dramatically. What has it changed from your perspective for post game interviews, pre game, all those types of things? I'll admit, I I miss. So I'm covering from Winnipeg. I'm at home. This is my couch. You know, um, I I miss being in the building because there are times where you see things that the cameras simply don't. Right? And uh, you know, once upon a time, Winnipeg Winnipeg likes to to run a couple of different zone entries on the power play, for example. And for from the from the rink, you can see that sometimes Patrick Liney will spend half of the breakout, half of the Jets breakout in the opposing in the opposition zone. He'll be offside, but he's trying to get defensemen to turn their shoulders and then turn their head and sort of pay attention to him. Just as the Jets come up the ice, he crosses the blue line, he's onside, and he's an option. Ideally, he's created a little bit of chaos and distraction for, for the defenseman. You don't see that on the television screen unless somebody decides to isolate that and highlight that. So I do miss that. At the same time, now I've got multiple screens. I'm, I'm making clips. Uh, I'm building charts. I've got the, the comfortable cushions of the couch as well. And there's just an ability, you know, you know, rewind, replay things. I can watch something as often as I want to. So there's a real ability to drill down and zoom in to certain moments. So, you know, what's on the screen, I do feel like I get a better understanding. 
Um, other than that, I mean, guys are doing the best they can with Zoom calls. One-on-one -on -one like this, this is pretty good. We can talk, we can have a dialogue. Uh, it's not quite as intimate when it's, you know, two guys sitting beside each other and 38 reporters from across the National Hockey League asking them questions. So I, I will look forward to the day when everybody's at full health, pandemic's gone, and we can just sit beside a person and, and have, a, have a private conversation about how things are going. Yeah, I would agree. But I will say that I think that as far as Major League Sports have uh, done, they've done a great job with still giving everybody a lot of access to what's going on and um, being able to conduct these kind of post-game interviews, albeit a little different, but um, still giving people the access. Uh, what do you think of the setups that Toronto and Edmonton have kind of pulled off there? I mean, first and foremost, yeah, the NHL has done a great job. To, to arrive with a zero new COVID-19 positive test cases into the bubble, I mean, that's an, that's an accomplishment. That's a feat. Uh, and if they stay dialed in, you, you can imagine this whole thing going relatively smoothly. Um, and then the facilities look great. I like what the arenas look like with the tarps and the banners. Um, crowd noise, I could take or leave. There's some, some, <laughs> some moments I honestly like it. And then somewhere it just doesn't feel right to me. Um, the overall production and then to hear from the players. And I think that's what matters. The players and the staff who are in it, living it inside the bubble, not media in a hotel or media from far away. Um, it's been universally praised as far as I can tell. And that, that they're able to do what they need to do and feel the way that they need to feel to sort of just go out there and compete and play the sport that they love and, and really, which has become uh, a, a really welcome distraction, I want to say. Um, it's, it's part, I guess, part distraction, part passion. Obviously, if you're watching hockey right now, if you're tuning into your podcast, if you're watching these games in July, in August, I mean, it's because you love the sport. It's also just good to have it out there uh, for just to tune into, to give us some, a little bit of distraction. I know that the players, you've heard Blake Wheeler say this a lot. They understand their role in society in that way. They understand they're giving us a little bit of a break. And I think that that's really cool. So I got a little bit off topic from your original question, Mac, but I, I, that, those are my thoughts on it. I, I, uh, no problem there. I was talking a couple episodes back if the, uh, the arenas were going to use the goal horns and how loud that would be. And I had a pleasant surprise last night when I heard the Bell MTS place goal horn when the Jets scored goals. And I think that Jay Richardson's voice was announcing with the players as they came into the ice as well. So um, whatever little bits of home, I think, uh, and, and, and observant people like you, I mean, and are going to notice that. And the fans are going to notice that. And it's, it's one little thing that hopefully makes things feel more, more right, I guess, by Jets fans. The crowd noise, there was a little mishap. I don't know if it was a mishap. Maybe they're just getting used to it. But in the first period off a turnover, a Jets turnover, Vancouver had a great uh, scoring chance on Helly, and he made a great save. But it almost sounded like they tried to hit a goal horn and turn the crowd noise up and then took it away real quick. Somebody's got to be on that dial watching it. Just like uh, I think they're on a, on, a, on a few seconds of delay, too, because they're watching the foul language just in, case, uh, just in case they need to mute things as well. So, I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of hands on deck. Well, that's another thing funny that you bring up that we talked about was having the ice mics during with no crowd. What, what is it going to pick up? So, yeah, you're right. It's probably delayed a few seconds just in case. But I know the players and even Paul Maurice last night was saying he really enjoyed the way that the team could communicate, whether it be on the ice or on the bench, because it wasn't very loud. Yeah, it, I, I, 
that too. And it seems, you know, if, if you're going to talk, if you're going to go out for plays, if you're going to have that chatter and make your plans, I, I mean, certainly that's got to be an advantage to them. Um, and I guess there have to be moments. You imagine there are moments where you can hear the other team as well. And, and we'll see how that, that turns into something. Um, there was one giveaway by the Canucks that Adam Lowry picked off at one point that it just, I didn't hear anything, but it totally felt to me like one of those moments where he was calling, like he called and Vancouver, the, the Vancouver Canucks player didn't realize it wasn't his teammate as well. It was just so clean. Um, but I, I got to say, if you, if, if somebody out there is, is listening and has access to the unfiltered audio and just wants to shoot me an email with it, I would love, I would love to hear uh, what, what the real behind the scenes audio is of, of these games. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully someone can do that for you. And if you get it, send it my way, because that would be great. Uh, final question I'll leave you with here is, how far can the Jets go? As far as Connor Hellebuck takes them, I like Winnipeg to have a fighting chance at the very least against Calgary. I think depth-wise, they line up. Um, the issue after Calgary is that you're looking at some top seeds, and there's some incredibly deep teams in the Western Conference. Uh, I don't... I think Winnipeg's defense is, is well improved, better than it's been at any point this season. I don't think it's the I don't think it's a dominant group. And if, if there's a, a three-line team like Vegas, like St. Louis, et cetera, that can really grind you down, I begin to worry. That said, I believe in the X factor of playoff goaltending. So um, I have the Jets going at least until the first round of the playoffs, and then we'll see. A hot Connor Hellebuck could win a couple of rounds. Um, so how far could they go? I don't want to commit to something, but I, I kind of have them beating Calgary and then, and then it'll be on, on goaltending in depth to, to see how far it can go. Well, I know we're all looking forward to it and it's going to be a welcome uh, site in August. Can't wait to sit down all Saturday and, and just watch hockey, but uh, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Well, thanks again for listening everybody and make sure to follow us on social media at icebreaker show with two W's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Icebreaker Show. And if you're looking for a video option for the podcast, check us out on YouTube under the same name, Icebreaker Show. We're always curious to see what you think. So continue sending us in your tweets, your Facebook messages, comments, however you see fit. Love reading them and love posting them. We had a, a viewer uh, send in where he was watching hockey from this weekend on his dock. So that was great. So love to know where you're watching all the sports from. If it's a cool setup, uh, send us your pictures and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again next week. Have a great week. <laughs>